Okay, you happy? You got to nail it. Oh, didn't I? I didn't hear it. Oh, seriously? Did you hear it, uh-uh. Anne? No. no. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll but say it But if it's again. there, it's there. You got it. No, I'll it. say it again. I'll say it again. <laughs> you don't have to do it for our benefit. If no, I there, will. If it's on the just, tape. It is, but I, just to make sure, I'll say it again. <laughs> Nailed it. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a podcast about the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Mondays, we release a recap of the previous week's shows, but on Fridays, we do something different, and it's always fun. We do clip shows, we do interviews with other tens, but on the first Friday of every month, we feature our good friend Phyllis Fletcher doing a deep dive into the archives on something that caught her ear while listening to every damn last episode of TVTL. Before I introduce her, allow myself to introduce myself. I am Mike Frizzell. I live in the bird slash insect sanctuary in Kyle, Texas. And we have another LRB legend on board to help us break this stuff down today. And that is Ann Lundholm in New Brighton, Minnesota. Hello, Ann. Hello. I'm taking a page out of Susie Burbanks. (laughs) (laughs) All caps. So finally, from the Finney Ridge neighborhood in Seattle is our fast friend, Phyllis Fletcher. Hello, Phyllis. What's up, guys? (laughs) That's a lot of... PH is, that's yeah. a lot of sounds. <laughs> it's uh, fancy. So today, Phyllis, you've brought us a couple short clips that involve a Pacific Northwest company that people have a lot of feelings about. And <laughs> I can't wait to get to that, but I will wait because, as you know, I'm a frustrated journalist who's fascinated <laughs> with you and your life. Oh, thank so you. So <laughs> I'm going to put you through our daytime Peabody Award winning adjacent segment while we have you. <laughs> Is that, did I get that right? Yes, that's absolutely we right. We do a podcast about a podcast that is Peabody adjacent. Yeah. Okay. Daytime. We're, we're somewhere in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll put you through that. Then uh, Phyllis will set up the clips and we'll discuss. And we actually have some interesting housekeeping notes today. So um, stay stay with us for that. Then, as <laughs> always, we will let you know all the ways to interact with the show. And with that, while we have you, Phyllis. Yes. You, in our chats, you <laughs> yes. are endlessly entertaining uh, about the things that involve um, your son. Your oh, young thank boy, you. Gus. Yes. One of the things, you don't do a lot of complaining. You're not a big complainer. (laughs) That's nice of you to say, but I always manage to find something. (laughs) (laughs) We we have big complainers in the chat. I'm probably a big one of the biggest complainers in the chat. You generally (laughs) don't, but but there are some issues around uh, parenting and not around Gus. He seems like a sweet angel uh, most of the time. Yeah. Not around Gus, but around parenting today and the expectations of parenting, and the first one that I wanted to bring up the first leg of this this three-legged stool of competitive parenting <laughs> yeah. is the birthday parties you yeah. seem to spend every goddamn weekend at a birthday party or you make your husband do it right oh, what what I would like to know I mean this whole segment's going to be old man frizz okay great 
I never had Perfect. a birthday party because I never wanted one. The mm-hmm. only time my my birthday was ever really publicly celebrated was at Farrell's. And if you're from Seattle, you know about this place. When you have a birthday, they they have this big bass drum and all the employees come out and 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 they make a big deal. I was probably six. I yeah. dove under the table and wouldn't come out. Oh. <laughs> so, I, first of all, I don't identify with the birthday culture. Like, look at me. This is my day. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want the attention. Mm-hmm. I, I just I podcast. That's how I get attention. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, wasn't my gig. I I think I went to a few birthday parties when I was a kid. It was a pain in the ass to have to buy somebody a, a present. Who you know, this is just some kid from my class, and I got to buy him something, or we have to buy him something. I was yeah. cheap even with my parents' money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't like throwing around my parents' money either. It's like right. Uh, we don't. Do we have to go top of the line on this for this kid? Right. Yeah, I like him, but I don't like like him. Right. So now it seems like every damn kid has a birthday party and mm-hmm. they, they they have to go. And my brother got caught up in this because he has two daughters. And it seems to be more about, I don't know, more daughters than, than boys have, have these parties. But the boys are still having a lot of parties too. Mm-hmm. When did this happen? When did <laughs> everybody have to have a birthday party every year? And why? It's... I mean, it's money, and it's just yeah. money we're throwing away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I did go to a lot of birthday parties when I was a kid, um, and the biggest cultural shift to me from those until now is when I was a kid, until we were in middle school, and even then, um, most of them were just at someone's house. Yes. Or maybe mm-hmm. at a park. So I think that there's a couple reasons for that cultural shift. And one might be that people have fewer children now. So they're used to being around fewer children. Because I got to tell you straight up, like, I'm going to try mostly to talk about myself um, because, you know, I'm the one responsible for what my child Mm -hmm. and I participate in. But I don't want to have a bunch of kids up in my house. I really don't. (laughs) And so we always have it somewhere else. And so um, the first two birthday parties Gus had were just family parties. And we did have one of those in our house. But after that, it's always like, okay, what are we going to do? A great solution we found is that um, for his most recent birthday, we were able, and actually his last two birthdays, we were able to get uh, rent a room at the community center for really cheap. And Josh did kind of a homegrown type of party um, that, you know, might be the type of party that you would have had at someone's house, which is basically that he um, he did a piñata for one of them mm-hmm. and he did a, um, a scavenger hunt for the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also got to get they had a coloring project, too. But um, I mean, Gus has been on many, many birthday excursions. One thing that's nice is the more the more activity oriented and complex that they've gotten. Um, they do also become drop-off parties, but if there's a potential safety issue, a lot of times it's not. So, for example, like if it's roller skating and the kids don't know how to skate yet, one person's mom isn't going to teach 20 kids how to skate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that case, just in case anyone had any funny ideas, the parents did specifically request that, you know, parents please you know, stay to either be on the sidelines or skate with your kid. Um, And, you know, that completely made sense. Um, 
um, rock climbing. That was another one that um, I don't think they wanted us to bail out on that. So, I'm you know, sorry. you just kind of sit around. Gus, Gus went to a rock climbing birthday party? Yeah, he loved it. Oh, it's, it's, I got to say, it's just, I called it rock climbing, but it's a climbing wall. So it's like that an indoor. still seems kind of hey. hardcore to me. I I wasn't doing it. <laughs> and it looked kind of hardcore to me too. So I would say you're correct. I I think, and I see it in your notes and, and Phyllis, I know from what you mainly complain about in the chats <laughs> yeah. is having to be be there like right and and you seem incredulous about this <laughs> i i never had a birthday party where everybody came and their parents came and stayed where were the parties at people's houses yeah see that's different the- that is it's very different because at a house it's like eh, you know your house really well there's only so much stuff they could get into and you know to those parents credit back in those days um, everyone's like, come on in, you know, and I do have some friends who are still like that, but I ain't down for that. And also, you know, I just live in a, I live in a, um, a house in Seattle with a yard about the size of a postage stamp and Gus's birthday is in December. So I'm not up for all of that, but yeah, absolutely. Back in the day, it was like, okay, see you in two hours, drop the kids off at one, pick them up at three, whatever it is, you know? Um, yeah, those, and there still are some parties that happen like that, but more and more it's these activity ones. And sometimes there's a safety thing and either they request the parents stay or, or I just kind of sometimes catch a vibe of like, something could happen. I better stay. Do you ever see our way out of this? I mean, cause (laughs) right now, right now you look like a shitty parent. If you don't have a birthday party for your kid between certain right. ages, unless the kid requests not to have one. Well, so here's. Can we go back? Here's a. Well, for. And so I do want to emphasize there are some people who still do the house party thing. So they're still kind of living in the, in the 70s in a good way, which is mm-hmm. great. You know, they're willing and able to do that. Maybe some of them have bigger houses or bigger yards like that does still happen. And my friend who does that has an amazing yard. So that's good. Um, another thing that I was like, oh, that's really smart is uh, one of Gus's friends, mom, um, she she decided she talked to her son, either she decided or convinced her son or something to have a party with three guests. And it was yeah. just an after school party. And so it was she picked up her son and three friends after school and they went um, to an ice cream place that uh, a combined ice cream and video game parlor. Mm-hmm. And um, it was great. Like, yes. you know, and, and I wasn't involved at all <laughs> other than having to be home when he was dropped off. And it was on, you know, since it was a school day, it was also a work day. So that required some coordination, but I was able to pull it off. And, you know, that was really nice of her. And her son loved it, which is what it should be about. But I think there still are some parents who feel like, oh, gosh, I even see parents ask each other, do do I have to invite the whole class? And it's like, have mm-hmm. to? <laughs> who told you you have to do anything? But yeah, I think a lot of times people, they kind of are looking to each other for, quote unquote, what should I be doing? Instead of asking themselves what they want or even what their kid mm-hmm. wants. Um, yeah. So it sort of sets off this cycle where then there's this kind of expectation that people give each other 
um, unwittingly, I think, for the most part of, oh, your kid's party's got to be a blowout and there's got to be like 30 kids and then parents standing around going, oh, wow, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gus is a Gus is a rock star and it seems like everyone loves to see Gus wherever he goes and he yeah. fits in at all these parties. But yeah. when you get more than the, the actual friends of the kid you know the close friends of the kid you get some weird dynamics going and and some awkward stuff and some kids who aren't having a good time and it you know it just seems to things things have gotten a little out of hand in this in this um arms race of kids birthday parties and I always try to look out for those kids. And I also always go through with Gus the guest list, partly because, you know, we rent a small room at the community center. So, um, you know, not everybody he knows on the planet is going to be able to go. But, you know, I also look out for once we have the kids there, like, is there someone who seems like they're not having a good time? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, try to figure out what to do about that, if anything. Um, certainly if someone is acting a fool, I will correct them. That's also part of it when you have a lot of kids up in the spot. Mm -hmm. But, um, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole thing that I try to be, um, I try to be patient about and, you know, and also just really grateful that there are kids who want to invite Gus to their parties. And, um, you know, I try to try to support that by making sure that he can go and like, if I really can't deal with it, seeing if Josh can take him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's an awesome, awesome, good sport about it. But I try as much as I can to just always be mindful of, okay, this is because someone wants Gus around. And that's really mm -hmm. sweet. And um, and it's, it's nice to see. And it's nice to see people get excited when he shows up and things like that. So I try to mostly make it about that. I wanted to get to the uh, second leg of this competitive parenting stool and that is yeah. sports and activities yes um i'm gonna again i'll go back to back in the day my my things you know i i played the sports i i wanted to play i didn't feel like i had to be signed up for something at all times i didn't have to i didn't feel like i had to be signed up for multiple things at all times yeah um my parents certainly weren't advocating to be taking me around in the car all day long yeah. To, to these different things so I had yeah. to sort of say hey I'm I'm playing baseball this year I'm playing basketball you know I'm playing soccer yeah I had to say those things and I had to get get behind those things but now it seems like kids there's there are a lot of kids out there because we we hear it through 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 your experiences with Gus and with um Christy and Jeremy's experiences with Ellie there are kids out there that just they don't want to be there but their parents feel like well the other kids, you know, all the other kids are involved in these activities. So my kid needs to be here too. I mean, you with Gus, I know like he, when he was done with dancing, you just said, yeah, okay, I'm not going to yep. sign you up for this. Yeah, yeah. I want you to do stuff that you want to do, but yes. you do see kids out there that, that just aren't interested, right? I do. And it's so sad. I always feel, I feel bad for those kids. I feel bad for the parents too. And it just, it makes me wonder what is going on that they feel like they have to do that because there's about a million other things you could be doing even if you feel like okay it helps structure our day to have some sort of activity there are so many options here in seattle mm -hmm. so many and a lot of them are affordable but you know like these are not um you know lower income people that are at these activities with us um you know these are people who live in an expensive neighborhood in seattle like they have many many options as far as what activities they have their kid do and sometimes i wonder 
is there a reason you're stuck on soccer? Is there a reason that you're stuck on this specific activity? Um, I think that sometimes there are, and I don't know why. Um, you know, I, it was, and I don't want to front like it was like super easy for me to see my son give up ballet. Um, I, it was, it was sad for me in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. not because I did ballet or anything, but I just thought he was so good at it Mm -hmm. and he seemed to really enjoy it. And the reasons he quit, I think had, were very gendered and they had to do with Mm, him like finally realizing he was always the only boy. And, there was something about other people's reactions to the fact that he did it that he started to not like. And it was hard to see that and be like, okay, how much of this can I protect him from? How much of it is him and how much of it is other people? And, you know, ultimately I was just like, you know, he's not going to be Barishnikov anyway, so let me just let him quit. <laughs> right. <laughs> as much as I enjoy watching it, let me just let him quit because otherwise I'm kind of like crowbarring my life Mm -hmm. into his existence and I really do have this belief that of course yes I'm his parent but it's his life you know it's his life and if he doesn't want to spend um a significant portion of his childhood and his weekend doing ballet that completely makes sense because I don't do ballet (laughs) so I'm kind (laughs) of hypocritical you you can understand the mentality of someone who doesn't want to do ballet because you don't want to do ballet I don't (laughs) Like 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 if I had a kid and he didn't want to play basketball, it would break my heart. Right. You know. Yeah. But it it doesn't break your heart if if you don't care about the activity. You know. Yeah, not in that same way. I mean, it was really neat. You know. I mean, he was good. It was neat. And you know, but I've always I've always wondered too, like how much of that was the fact that I was publicizing the fact that he was doing ballet because if people mm-hmm. didn't know. He might have had a more pure experience of it because that's another Hmm. thing that enters into this whole competition thing is now, as opposed to when the three of us grew up, now there are pictures of everything. And I admit, like, Mm -hmm. Gus was the shit when he did ballet and it looked really cool. And I was like, let me take some pictures of this on the parent observation day and, you know, post them on Facebook and all this stuff. And um, people would always react and then when they would see him he's growing up with this being normal by the way when they would see him they would say like hey i saw you were doing that your ballet and he has no like for a while he thought i could see him at school i think because he had this experience of adults coming up to him and saying (laughs) saying i I saw you do this (laughs) yeah but he didn't he didn't ever see them and so that's you know that was a thing that i had to you know, we had to kind of figure out where we were each coming from on that. And mm-hmm. so that's another thing I think I'll always wonder is if I never took a single picture of him doing ballet or if I never posted it anywhere, um, would he still be doing it? Who knows? Mm. Uh, but the problem, Phyllis, is that he looked like such a baller in those ballet pictures. He really pictures. did. <laughs> yeah. He pulled it off. <laughs> he was good, man. He was good. He looked fresh, you know. And it was always striking that it was, you know, six girls and him. And that was, to me, something that was always visually interesting about it. But, you know, the more that I put that stuff out there, the more people would ask him about it. And he just really started to not like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's nobody's fault, but, you know, possibly mine. Um, but, you know, it's, it again, like I said, it, he wasn't going to be Barishnikov, and it is his life. And he has other, other stuff that he... He has other stuff, you know, it's not like he does. He quit it to, you know, go sit in his room and, and, you know, play yeah. a video game. He, he does yeah. plenty of stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which leads me to the third leg of this yep. 
competitive parenting stool, and that is hydration and snacking. Can you tell the story? <laughs> this is this is the story that got me fired up, and that Emily's tired of hearing about. Uh, can you tell the story, your recent story about the, your soccer experience? Yes. Yes. Um, so. Um, uh, so. Uh, when we so Gus is in like an eight I think eight or nine week soccer or something right now these are um one hour combined uh practice and game situations and um when we went to our first soccer somebody went around and Gus has done other one hour soccers before where you just kind of show up and the whole thing happens and you, you bone out and um on the first session of this soccer um one of the parents went around with a a little sheet where she had put each date of each um i guess you'd call them games um of each game that that was happening um and said uh this is the snack sign up i was like huh <laughs> she's like we sign up for snack just to make sure there's a snack here every time and i was like oh uh <sighs> Okay, uh, well, let me uh, hear that. And so I, I took a picture of it just so that I could compare it against my calendar because um, I didn't want to sign up for a date that where something might be tricky about bringing a snack. Um, I wanted to make it as easy as possible. And so I compared it against my calendar. And then before the end of the game that day, I signed up for a date. I picked a date. It was um, it was about uh, a couple weeks ago. And so... Um, that date rolled around and I said to Josh oh snap we got to bring the snack tomorrow and he was like okay and so uh he went to Costco uh got all the stuff and um and wait then, a minute all the stuff how many kids how many kids are there and well, how many snacks thing. do they need uh, Costco I know <laughs> Well, and that he ended up getting some of it at Fred Meyer too because all he did was basically he went to Costco and got um just got a bag of oranges, you know? Because so these are perfect. the little kids with like the pop-up goals and it's like four on four? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's like, I had to check the list. I was like, I think, is it like there's seven or eight people? Because this is a thing too. We got into this because at the last minute they needed another person um, to round out their team. And so mm -hmm. we got in on all this stuff all late. So we weren't hip to the culture or anything of it. Like I didn't even know this was a thing. Um, How goddamn hungry these kids are. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And so Josh was just like, oh, cool. And what he had remembered from the the time that we had gone was that there was a bag of oranges. So that was all he got. And I was like, that's fine. But um, they also had That drinks. was all we had back in the day. That <laughs> okay. was all we had back in the day. Okay. <laughs> For like and hours. See, and hours. That's something I'm not hip to because I didn't do any of this stuff as a kid. Like, I don't know what people's expectations or memories are from back in the day, although Fuck. I've picked up culturally that orange slices is part of it. Yeah. I wasn't slicing no oranges. So he <laughs> got the bag of the mini oranges. Okay. Okay. So he had the, little, the bag of oranges and uh, he was like, word, I got the soccer snack, you know, busted out the bag of oranges. I was like, the thing is, there were also drinks and there was also a box of granola bars. And Josh was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I know. And I just, you know, because we've set this expectation, not really for the parents at all, but for the kids, like, I don't want some kid going there thinking he's going to get a granola bar and then having a meltdown 
before yeah. he gets in his parents' car. Well, I usually get biscuits and gravy during <laughs> halftime of my soccer game. I don't know <laughs> about you guys. I was like, should I set up a carving station and just show <laughs> all these fools up? <laughs> like Prime rib. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I was like, should I get like Din Tai Fung dumpling takeout and be like, Shit. yo, snack today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, all right, you know. You know, sorry to to let you know, but the granola bars are, you know, that'd be good. And Josh was like, okay. So he went to Fred Meyer, got granola bars and a box of Capri Sun. There you go. Yeah. And so it was, it was like, all right, this feels like overkill for a one hour activity, but we are now prepared with all the things that everyone would expect. And, and it was good. And it was good that, you know, we had a little bit extra because people bring their other kids to stand there and be on the sideline. Oh, yeah. And you don't you, can't, like, you oh. can't be like 10 years old and not have a snack during an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, team, the teammates are seven and then the little siblings are like, you know, three or something. Oh, so they God. don't know, you know, and you don't want to be like, sorry, three-year-old. There's nothing for you, you know. You didn't play. And you don't so, get a snack. <laughs> right. Totally. I would totally you tell them you're not on the team. Snacks yeah. are for the team. Grow up and get on a team. <laughs> so, um, you know, we had everything. And then, <sighs> sure enough, like, there was just a downpour that day. It just was insane, the amount of rain. And so my entire snack bag was soaked. Um, you know, I mean, there was stuff for kids to eat. But, like, we basically had way more than we needed because... It's not like anyone was dying of thirst afterwards or anything, but they did definitely come over and bogart some oranges during the little um, halftime or whatever. And, you know, everyone grabbed a granola bar and, and um, you know, an orange. And if they wanted one, they, they grabbed a Capri Sun from my soggy, soggy bag. And even there was enough for me to, like, slip one to one of the dads who's real cool. I was like, hey, you want a granola bar? He was like, Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it's a good kind of chewy granola bar so it's like i'm into it so we and i got to have one too so so that was fine then um last week um at some point um so i i do this thing where i kind of try to like bone out for a second because i don't really want to stand there and watch this this whole time so i go mm -hmm. sneak out i get some iced tea i'm like hey man i'll see you later i'm gonna get some iced tea and you know one of the dads or moms or someone is like all right cool and i always say you know you want me to bring you something oh no thanks okay so i come back and the snack thing has happened sort of except what happened was kids came off the sidelines and like they were like where's the snack and they saw a bag with snacks in it and they just like kind of went for it now I didn't see this with my own eyes so it's kind of like secondhand info but like that was one dad's personal snacks that he brought for his actual kids because Whoops. whoever had brought the snack was not uh identified like it was like this is a disaster a yeah I was just like what happened what's going on so these kids these kids might die I know <laughs> But it's like to them, they see food and they're like, oh, that must be, quote unquote, the snack, like this thing that oh we've now God. created expectations around. So what ended up happening, which I don't think you have the update on, is the snack was actually there. It's just that the parent who brought it was like dealing with his own kids or chatting or something. You know, he was like 
being a normal human interacting with other people and like he was saving the snack for the end so it actually was there but like because the kids couldn't lay eyeballs on it they just went for the food that they physically saw no you, you just said saving the snack for the end so yeah game's over it's pouring yeah. uh kids are getting in their cars with their parents presumably they will have access to drive throughs right. snacks refrigerators <laughs> of all kinds i know <laughs> why i know i'm getting I madder know. I know. It's like, are you supposed to throw a snack at their head on their way into their car? Like, what's happening? So, I mean, the week that I brought it, it was pouring. This time, the weather was nice. And so the kids kind of sat around and enjoyed their snack. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's a nice moment. It's not necessary. But if if you, if we had not done a thing where, you know, if, I mean, basically what I'm saying is I'm wrong. Everyone else is right. Because if we had not at the beginning, if this mom had not at the beginning organized and gone around with a sign-up sheet and said, who's bringing snack, um, we'd be like Does the student they say team. snack? That's the, that's the terminology? What's that? They say snack? Yeah, they not do. Not snacks? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I hadn't... Oh, that makes me even madder. <laughs> Who's bringing breakfast? Uh, it's breakfast, not breakfasts. <laughs> it's I a meal. How dare snack. you, Anne? How dare you take her side? <laughs> snack. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a total thing. And so I'm like, they're they're right, and I just need to catch up with the times because it's it's really clear that that is just that's just the expectation. It. It's a cultural mm -hmm. expectation now, especially if it's soccer. Not really any other activities that I've been involved with yet, but if it's soccer, there's an expectation that there will be a team snack available to everybody. Um, and I think, I mean, I guess I, I need more um, more data points to know for sure, but I think it's expected that it be available at their little tiny halftime, whatever you call that, and then also at the end. Yeah, so the kids can climb into their parents' cars with sticky orange fingers and just crush yeah, granola with bars into the booty crumbles on mm. their right. fingers. Okay. You know, you know what this is making me think about though? What? I don't know that this is necessarily a kid only thing because one of the thing that frustrates me the most about being in my choir is that they are obsessed with snack. Wow, there is really? a snack every <laughs> rehearsal. During what? the 10-minute break in the middle, it's it's a two-and-a-half-hour rehearsal, and there's a 10- to 15-minute break in the middle, and everybody has to have snack. And the president <laughs> of the choir, I did not do this when I was the president, but the current president every week stands up and waves the sign-up sheet and says, we need more people to sign up. We need we have next week open. We need someone to bring snacks the week after that. I'm like, oh, God. can you not go one evening without having a shitty store-bought cookie? At eight fifteen, yeah, right. yeah right. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then so the tyranny now, of snacking is what I called it to Emily. It's. <laughs> I mean, it should be an individual thing, right? If you yes. need a snack, bring it. Right. Bring your mm -hmm. own snack, and don't bring enough for everybody. Screw everybody else. Make them bring their own snack. I know. I'm I'm on strike. When yeah, I first good. joined the choir, I would I would reluctantly sign up to bring a snack once a once a semester or whatever but i never eat any of that so i decided this year no i'm not participating in this this farce no. i just stay in my seat and check my phone and everybody else can be social and, <laughs> and eat 
fudge. Yeah. Eat fudge before you go back and sing. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like, how do you get, how do you work around that when like, you're supposed to be singing in a second? Mm-hmm. I do not know. It, no, that order of Dick's fries is coming back up. <laughs> yeah, it's so gross. What the heck, man? Well, this this is another thing where I'm like, shoot, if it was the 70s, my mom's thing when she had to bring like the Sunday school snack is she would bring um she would bring a healthy cracker, cheddar slices and and uh Granny Smith apple slices and the mm. kids hated it. That sounds really, really good to me right now. I I know as an adult <laughs> like it sounds good, but it my mom was like, "Hey, if you need a snack, here's something that's good for you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuz she hated when this quote-unquote snack was just some junk food you know she wasn't having that yeah. and so she would bring a snack where it's like hey if you're actually hungry this is something you can eat otherwise mm-hmm. you can leave it alone mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't care i like that yeah it was good all right so speaking of snacks the best place to get them in bulk <laughs> yeah is is costco as you yeah. mentioned earlier josh uh, josh makes his costco runs and you brought us a couple of clips that involve costco can you set this up for us yes absolutely so let's go all the way back to may 2009 uh when luke was still on cairo radio and he had a challenge which was to get a thousand people to tbtl night at the mariners and if he could pull it off, they would let him throw the first pitch. And they did end up letting him throw the pitch. But a couple nights before the game, they weren't quite there yet with the ticket sales. So we're at 700 and change. If we can just get like 100 more people to buy tickets, I think we'll be in, in good shape. I'm all excited for my mom to come. My mom does uh, Costco samples. She's one of the people who sells, who like, you know, cuts up a sausage for you when you're at Costco. And I said, Mom, you got to come to this game. I might throw out the first pitch. This is a huge thing. And she said, okay, I really want to. But she goes, I'm trying to, you know, impress my manager at Costco because I want to get a job there. And she goes, and you don't understand, son. I just spent an hour filling out an online application. So I'm not going to just blow this off. And I said, I understand that, Mom. But like, how many times is your son going to throw out the first pitch at a Mariners game potentially? She says, you don't understand. It was like an hour online filling out this. She like. Is it is the interview at the same time or something? No, she wants to be on. This is their big weekend, Memorial Day weekend. It turns out in Costco sample world and Costco world, Memorial Day weekend is probably one of the biggest weekends of the whole year for them because everyone's barbecuing. All kinds of stuff goes on. People flood the Costco. And so the people that give they demo the different yummy treats and by the way those things are good like if you're hungry just go to costco and just graze go there on like a friday afternoon saturday or sunday there are so many different stations where people are making awesome food you could just like it's like a buffet (laughs) free buffet so anyway she's but she's trying to get a like she wants to go above and beyond just being like one of the demo people, which is kind of seasonal help. She wants a regular nine to five job at Costco. And she feels like if she comes, if she ditches out early on Thursday, she's not going to be in on the list of like the, you know, those who are being considered for. Gotcha. So she's going to miss the, her son throwing out the first pitch of the baseball game so that she can, so she can lock up gainful employment. <laughs> So I'm going to need a lot of other I, – I have a mom-shaped hole in my heart on Thursday night. I need the rest of you there. It's going to take a lot of you. It's going to take roughly 1,000 of you to fill the mom-shaped hole in my heart. 
<laughs> was that too pathetic? The well, way that I made it about all that kind of stuff? A little, little bit. A little bit, sort of. So after I heard that again, I remembered that the Burbanks still have complicated feelings about Costco. And a very memorable example of this is from the day before Thanksgiving of last year. The Burbanks were all texting each other, their food assignments, and Luke's dad asked if someone would get sparkling cider at Costco. Um, And Luke was relaying to Andrew that every year what he does is he keeps a list of anything that's needed last minute, like not preparing a dish, but just stuff that people need, like cider. And um, Thanksgiving morning, he gets it from Safeway. And so he texted all the Burbanks that he was going to do that. And my sister Hannah chimes in, Costco is closed tomorrow. So if you're going to go, go today. Okay. So then my mom follows up with, Luke, Costco is open until 8.30 tonight, so you can use my car to head over. And then there's a, a bunch more conversation about who's bringing Hawaiian rolls, hummus dip, cheese, et cetera, et cetera, who's bringing the pecan pie. Uh, and then it gets back to me, and I say, okay, I've got it. I go butter, rolls, sparkling cider. Let's get a complete list, and I'll just head to Safeway tomorrow a.m. and grab stuff. I'm willing to pay an extra $10 to avoid going to Costco tonight. Mm -hmm. Because the truth of the matter is, it's not going to be an extremely large difference in price based on what I'm buying. There are certain ways that, like, if you're a family and you've got four kids and you, you know, you've got to buy huge amounts of food every Mm -hmm. single week, the Costco factor really adds up. You don't need to buy 16 rolls of toilet paper for your Thanksgiving. That's right. So I'm trying to now just establish I don't need any more information on the timing of Costco. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go. Also, a lot of people won't be there until tomorrow morning, so we won't really have a full list of the the leftovers. Like, oh, I – or like somebody's like, oh, I was supposed to make this spinach and I need some cream or something like that. But once you're in the kitchen and your hands are – So I want to make make my trip to Safeway at the last moment possible so that I don't have to do two trips. And I'm totally fine with it costing me a, a nominal amount more. So I say, I go, I'm, I'm willing to pay an extra $10 to avoid Costco tonight. My mom's response, Luke, Costco is open till, uh, till 830 and we'll slow down by seven or so. <laughs> this is my response to my mom. Mom, I can't stress this enough. I'm totally fine with not going to Costco. Thank you all, though, for your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> My brother, Sammy, says, I won't eat anything unless it comes from Costco. Oh, Sammy. Now he's just mixing it up. Now he's just causing trouble. Then my mom says, okay, gang, two exclamation points. It's just that Liz has a need for, my sister Liz, for a large amount of whipping cream. So I will head over to Costco tonight around eight. A large amount of whipping cream might be like three gallons, which at the Safeway might cost you Seven bucks for the three gallons, and at Costco might cost you six bucks. I want. I am ninety five percent on your side with this conversation. I will say, whipping cream is consistently one of the hardest things I find in a store on Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving. Because Genevieve always needs to make real whipped cream, yes. and she always gets it. I'm always like fighting for the very last little quart. Okay, so be careful. Fair on point, that one. and I appreciate yeah. the heads up. As per usual, you give you're giving me you're giving me sage advice. Okay, so uh, 
my mom says she's going to head to Costco around eight tonight. I respond with, I want to mention, by the way, this whole time I'm on the air at KUOW with our friend. You're texting while you're doing this segment. I heard that segment. I'm texting my family about this in the moments when Bill is the one talking. Okay. I popped in to do a little quick chat about Thanksgiving and, and navigating you know, thorny political topics during a family thing. Turns out politics is the least of your problems. And that was essentially my point. <laughs> I mean that right. really. Okay, so uh, I respond to my mom. Mom, all caps, I will get it. Uh-oh, XO. all caps already? No, 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 just mom was in all caps. Like, okay. mom, hey, mom. But I, I, I signed it XO. I'm keeping right, it. Right, So, So again, I just want to repeat for everyone. I want everyone to be caught up on the timeline here. My mom says, after like three different times of me saying I'm not going to go to Costco, my mom says... I will head over tonight at around eight. I respond, mom, I will get it. XO. And then my dad pops in. Luke and I will stop at Costco on our way to the house from the ferry tonight. And then an emoji of a gold medal for some reason. <laughs> Cause you got to pick up some gold medal flower. Probably. Maybe so. And it's three cents cheaper at Costco. <laughs> then my mom, Luke hates Costco. <laughs> Double exclamation point. And then my dad, who's bringing the green bean casserole, the cranberry sauce. My mom, where, ha- where have you been, Daddy-O? Question mark to my dad, presumably. Um, like, why is he not? Why is it taking him so long to get into this? Oh, because where, where has he been? Like, why does he not know that information? Who's bringing what? I'm not sure if it's that he does. I don't even know. When my parents start to, like, talk to each other in this chain, and this goes for Hawk Squad, all of it. I don't know. Is it some just crosstalk? Like she's literally like, are you in the basement right now? That's sometimes I think what's going on. I mean, it's really hard to know. So then uh, my my dad says, and this isn't even how my dad talks. Piss on it. We're stopping there and that's that. This is my dad, I think, being funny. And then my sister Hannah says, dad, reread my post. I got the green bean casserole. I'm bringing cranberries for sauce. And then my mom says, all caps, Hello. <laughs> I'll get him home to help sort it all out. He's a danger to himself with a cell and wheels on Thanksgiving Eve. Is that you? Are you the he? Maybe. Or my dad. I don't know, Andrew, what's (laughs) going on. My dad's response to all of this is, as I've mentioned already, relax and chill, dudes. (laughs) Then... My sister Liz, the one who needs the whipping cream, she enters back in. Don't go to Costco just for the whipping cream. I don't need it that much. Just for topping desserts. But I thought we might also need it for mashed potatoes. Anyway, if Josh is doing them, he has his own cream. That's my brother-in-law, Josh. Just get a quart at Safeway. My mom says, there you go. My dad's response, I hate Safeway. (laughs) My dad's losing his damn mind over here. My little brother, David, the last Burbank. His family is ridiculous. LOL. Can I chip in for anything? My sister Liz says, Dave, will you pick up the whipping cream settled? (laughs) My mom says, that's super funny, Lizzie. Glad you're back on this site. (laughs) And then my mom, uh, David says, I absolutely will pick up whipping cream. My sister says, perfect. Uh, thank so your you, brother Dave. is getting the, the whipping I cream I guess now. I'm now out of the mix on the, buying. The broke college student is bringing the whipping cream. Listen, I, I do not agree with this course of action, but I don't want to be involved in this anymore. And then. This is the final the final little part of this is my mom jumps back in with I have mixed emotions about the bunch of ya but I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree I love you all so much and then like nine emojis of a person blowing a kiss heart. Oh, well, that's nice. I mean, they make it started off 
that last message started off a little rocky with I have mixed emotions about you guys. Well, that's what I that's, you are that's the part that I'm blood. having a difficult time following right. exactly. But I think that I think I would focus on the I love you guys and all the hearts that are being blown from lips. So that's where things stand as far as the Burbank family food situation. Okay. I guess my well, brother's no. getting the whipping cream. Listen, if you don't if you don't mind me jumping in, please. I think I let me just make this a little bit easier. I'm going to give you a ride to the ferry later. We'll stop at Costco <laughs> on the way. Okay, we'll get a few gallons of whipping cream and some to- you said you needed toilet paper and uh and that'll we'll take care of it. Uh, like I would now I'm tempted to go to the Costco in Silverdale, buy everything and then also go to the Safeway in Silverdale, buy everything again and just do a comparison of how much I save by going to the Costco. I want you to instead, why don't you just come like go to Costco and but also just like totally do it. Like do they sell I feel like they must sell Costco like mesh back baseball caps or something like that. Could you get like a sweater that says like I left my heart in aisle three and it says Costco at the bottom or something like that? Like I just Well my mom used to work at that Costco. Oh really? Yeah she used to do the samples. She used to cook the pierogies and stuff that you'd like sample. I I've I've complained about this many times on the show. When I when we did TBTL live from the baseball game and I was able to throw out the first pitch, which was, you know, a really big thing for me. Uh, Any chance I get (laughs) My my mom was considering – my parents were not going to come for a period of time because my mom said – this is when my mom was on – sold samples at Costco. And literally what she said to me was, I'm on pierogies. It's really complicated to shut down the pierogi station <laughs> to try to get it closed and get out of there in order to make the ferry to get to Safeco Field to see their son throughout the first pitch of the baseball game. They ultimately came, but they were going to not come – because my mom was on pierogies that day. <laughs> right. We're, I, the funny thing about that is it reminds me of... <laughs> it, I've, I've had jobs before where looking back, and I was a younger man, looking back, at the end of the day, the jobs themselves were probably not the most important things in the world, but I took them very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I'm with your mama that are, my heart goes out to your mom on that, right? Right. Like, whatever job you have, it's like, well, this is, you know, I think I've told you about, you know, like, when I got the chance to work on the glue machine when I was working mm-hmm. in the fiberglass factory. Like, that was a really big deal to me, not because I thought my future lay in glue machine uh, usage, but it was just kind of like, hey, they're giving me this responsibility. I'm going to take it uh, seriously. So, I, you know, I think yeah, I can understand. Although, understand. I mean, look, I don't want to call into – I don't want to put my mom on complete blast, but I don't think – being overly detail oriented is not something that my mom has ever been accused of. Oh, right. Like, I don't think it was so much like I take this job that seriously as much as it was like, you know, it sounds like a pain in the butt. And then I'm going to have to get someone to cover part of my shift. And then I'm going to have to break right. this thing down and like, yeah, maybe then we got to make your way to Safeco. They did come, and which, which was great. Okay. By the way, there was a side conversation going with me and my sister, Sarah, about this whole thing, which is a little. Don't get your don't cross threads. That would be don't bad. cross streams, right? So this is Sarah. This starts responding. She goes, "LOL, I've been thinking to myself all day. What is our family's complete obsession with Costco? Mom and Dad don't even know how to piss without using Costco toilet paper. Oh, there's no chance. I don't want your parents to hear this now. I'm getting nervous. No, no, they're they're fine with it. Okay, all right. And then I said, "Wait, Dad wipes." Dad wipes after peeing? Disturbing. <laughs> and then Sarah says, honestly, I just didn't want to make another poop joke. Seems like overkill. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. You're a gross person. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. 
I love Jesus, but I drink a little. So, uh, Mike, as you would say, this is the epitome of getting in each other's feelings, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone was coming at it from a different angle, and everyone had a, yeah. a certain degree of hurt feelings, you know, <laughs> right. like on a scale. Yes. <laughs> and, and I love that... Um, it's almost like people's lizard brain comes out when they're texting because they know exactly what the what to say and part of them thinks they're going to shut it down but part of them is like I mean they have to know on some level like this is a jab and as soon as Luke said I'm willing to pay an extra $10 to avoid mm-hmm. going to Costco I was like oh no he didn't He's just say that to Susie it. Burbank you can't say that to her He's big dog and his mom yeah. I mean, how can you do that? He had to know that that was going to escalate and not de-escalate. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. What do you think, Anne? Well, don't you need a membership to shop at Costco? How can Luke just run out there anyway? Right. That's Does a good Susie point. have to give him a, her number, her membership number? No. Or, Your picture's on the back of the card. I'm a it, Costco guy. Your pictures. Are, I have a picture of me at my fattest on the back of my Costco oh card. Oh, no. It's me at 335 pounds. I look like a cartoon character. Oh, no. It's pretty great. <laughs> no. It might be the show picture. Is, is this something where you can go in and say, oh, I don't have the Costco card. Here's no. my phone number, and they can look it up? Uh, uh, I don't think so. Usually, you got to have that card. Like, I don't know. I think he must be a member. It's not, it's only 50 bucks. So I think maybe most of them are members. He might be a member. And it's also possible that um, the Burbank sign company might have a corporate Mm -hmm. membership and they might issue Luke a card. I'm sure that's another. Yeah. One way or another, he might have a card and he might use it so seldom that he just doesn't. He's just like, fat Costco, don't want to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the point is, he doesn't want to go to Costco. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He really did not want to go. And I can understand that because it's it's a commitment because it's so huge that even just deciding you're going to go, is it just that decision is mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm automatically going to be there an hour because... You have to park probably really far away on the day before Thanksgiving. You have to walk all the way to the door, show your card, and then you have to navigate however many, you know, football fields of Costco floor you have to cover to get your stuff. And then you have to stand in a huge-ass line. So, Anne, you've not been or? I have been to Costco with somebody Mm -hmm. once. But that's really my only experience. And it strikes me that this Costco thing is completely against Luke's level of participation in Thanksgiving, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. He can't be trusted to bring a dish. All he can be trusted to do is bring the odds and ends leftovers. And like you're saying, Phyllis, if he has to plan an hour to go at Costco and, you know, like take the shuttle bus in from the parking lot, this is really getting... (laughs) Like way more of a commitment that he wants to make. And especially the day before Thanksgiving when people's emotions are ratcheted up, it's Mm. really good that he knows that about himself. Because the worst thing would be to be like, oh yeah, okay, I'll go and get that at Costco. And to not have the Safeway plan and to get to Costco at like 8.15 or 8, 
827 <laughs> you know like that would have been worse so you know the fact that he has this safeway routine and knows that that's what works for him it's like okay maybe we should all accept that and you know he'll be able to get what he needs to get at safeway it's all good but um you know it turned into a massive pile-on which was hilarious and i love that right i love that his dad said i hate safeway (laughs) his dad was really fanning the flames during this whole thing Mm -hmm. as was sam i won't eat anything that purchased at costco yeah yeah, I think that we've gotten um, many pieces of evidence over the years that Luke isn't necessarily the funniest Burbank. No. <laughs> there are many, many comedians yes. in that family. <laughs> yes. If I was Luke, I would have sent a side text to Sam being like, would you please shut up <laughs> while I'm yeah. trying to get this done? Yeah, just stop it. <laughs> it's so great. And they're just clowning each other. And it's so great, too, because Susie knows she's getting clowned, but she's like, you know, I love you all. Like, this is, she created this. <laughs> she created this situation. She had all these kids, you know? Like, and it's just, it must have been a moment for her of reflecting on her creation <laughs> that this is what this was turning into. <laughs> it's so good. But I was really glad. I mean, I thought it was so neat, too, to hear the, um, you know, to hear the, 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 in the moment, like my mom might not come because of Costco. Um, and then also the, um, you know, seven years later reflection on my mom almost didn't come and see me throw the first pitch because she was on the pierogi stand. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. I, I, I have something to say about that. Um, I think this, this might be, the origin of Luke becoming a show-off demon because he had to do so much to capture any attention yeah. from his mom because she had so many kids and she was so scattered and his dad was so busy. Like, he, he was a kid who wanted some attention and he was not getting it at home. So, you know, he's his whole life has led towards him becoming a broadcaster and getting all kinds of attention. And then he still couldn't get the attention of his mom. It's like... It's a kind of a heartbreaking story, you know? Yeah. And and also, like, just the fact that it involved a job and money and, you know, mm-hmm. just knowing that there were times that he grew up that he f- he felt like they were going without and mm-hmm. they probably were, um, you know, and just knowing that his mom was so frugal, like, probably there were some feelings about that tied up in it, too. Um, and... Um, I've heard other successful people, uh, you know, materially successful people kind of reflect on like, well, now I'm kind of the problem solver, aren't I? And because of that, they want to feel supported when they have something going on that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I felt like something else that both of these clips had in common was just the the stress that gets ratcheted up when there's anticipation of something that you want to be perfect you know like you want to be appreciated for the fact that you're you're willing to back clean up like you're willing to be the wolf on thanksgiving and run around and you know kind of like you know get all the stuff that people need yeah. but they might have forgotten if it patch up the you. boat you're the you're the person mm-hmm. who's yeah <laughs> gonna keep keep everything afloat yeah yeah and and i mean 
it's interesting to me too because as far as that relating to the pitch thing like I'm a kind of person where I almost get too nervous before I have a thing that is going to be kind of a big deal and I don't tell people about it because I'm like I just want the people there who would have been there anyway and then they'll have a good time or they won't but I don't have to worry about like is this specific person whom I asked to come are they going to have a good time or are they going to be embarrassed if I screw up or you know I don't have to worry about that but you know he's he's different about that kind of thing and he really really wants them there and I think it was probably a big surprise when she was like "Ooh, I don't know (laughs) I don't know and he had to turn it into this might be the only time that your son now you know she has more than one son but um you know I think the way he put it was this might be the only time your son throws out a pitch at a Mariners (laughs) game it's like huh Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. to her credit, she responded to that and she she got out of her shift and she was there. And I bet she really enjoyed it too. She put someone else on the pierogies so she could get out of there <laughs> yeah, faster. It's so great. <laughs> I love that. It's so great. But, you know, I mean, and I'll probably have moments like this as a parent too where I have to be like, oh, that's important to him. Okay, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, you know, I, I could, I could screw up like that too. And, you know, I would like to, um, be able to figure that out and get there if I possibly can. And and what was your experience with your parents? Did they ever come to your stuff or did you feel supported in that way? They came to all my stuff and I never really felt supported. Is that weird? I always felt like my parents came out of duty. Like Mm -hmm. they knew that as parents, they had to come to my thing. But I don't know that they ever enjoyed it. And that's Mm -hmm. sort of what what makes me sad. And and then when I, I mean, so faithfully all through high school, they came to every choir concert and every theater production that I was in. That was great. And then I got to college and I went so far from home. And they didn't come to see me for anything. And at the time, I just thought, well, mm-hmm. that's not practical. Why Why would they go drive 14 hours to Cleveland to come see me do anything? But then my brothers went to college, and they would go to their stuff, you uh. know? And and uh, Carl went to school in northern Minnesota, so that was about four or five-hour drive there. So it's, I mean, it's not as far, but they used to go to his stuff, and they went to frickin' California to see Matt. And at that point, I started thinking, now, wait a minute. Mm. Why do I not count as much? So mm-hmm. I wonder exactly what Luke's family dynamics were there. Was was Susie as, um, not I mean, not uninterested, but as conflicted about all the kids? Or is this something unique to Luke as the oldest child? Or how is this all working? Yeah, that's a mm. good point because... He has a lot of stuff. And what she might not have heard in that moment was that he really wanted her there. Or he might not have even realized mm-hmm. how much he wanted her there until she was like, eh. Because here's another aspect to this. I had to thank you guys for helping me um, listen to all these episodes to find this exact moment. Because it hasn't been archived, which I'm sure we'll get to later about how important that is. But um, I had to listen to many, many evenings of TBTL to find the exact moment where he complained about this. And um, and part of the thing was, it really was set up as a thing of, you know, it was a radio promotion. Can we get a thousand people there? If, if we get a thousand, 
Luke Burbank will throw out the first pitch. And the way he initially told his mom about it, um, at least the way he explained it on the air, was I might get to throw out the first pitch. Hmm. So she might have even been thinking about it as a thing of like, oh, well, since it's not for sure that he's going to throw out the first pitch, let me just let him know that I might not make it to that one. Mm -hmm. You know, like there was... And who knows, maybe it was set up that all along of like, look, you'll be thrown out the first pitch, but we need to build suspense and say that, say that, that, you know, only if you sell a thousand tickets, which they didn't, by the way, Um, they came close. They sold 800 something, which is, you know. Once you're, once you're close or, you know, they they don't, they don't really probably have a plan B for who's going to throw out the first pitch. (laughs) No. No. Oh, who we got? Uh, Right. uh, Right, right, exactly. Um, I mean, but do they just skip that sometimes and not have someone throw out a first pitch? I don't actually know. No. Oh, they always they have. Don't. They always have a ceremony every time. Pitch. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so yeah. So maybe maybe he knew, but the way he was saying it on the air, he was like, "Oh, mom, I might get to throw out the first pitch." Well, but, they may have convinced him that they did have a plan B, so he would keep pimping right? the tickets. You <laughs> keep know. Keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. Because he yeah. only announced, I think it was. Two nights before the thing, he only that was when he announced that he was definitely going to be doing it. Um, yeah, so, I think yeah. if I were the Mariners, I would get your credit card number and whatever <laughs> you came up short, those yeah. tickets are. Well, he doesn't yeah. have enough money on his credit card, though. No, so. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, it, it like it. It might be hard for her to sort what's important for me to be there and what's not because he has mm-hmm. so many things happening. Especially yeah, that's a, now, that's a good point. Yeah, it just, you know, she had she still had some kids at home. She was trying to make some scratch. I get it. But the way he talked about it was very, very funny. And I thought it was hilarious. And I think it's hilarious every time he brings it up. And um, <laughs> just how it's, it's, it, it's funny because there's definitely some, like, actual negative emotion there of, like, mom, get it together. Like, this is important. Mm-hmm. But it's he has such a funny, loving way of expressing that that it's hilarious, and I love it every time. It's so funny. The the pierogi thing is just that makes it even funnier. <laughs> well, and when you were talking about how your parents showed up, but they didn't, you know, you didn't feel supported. Uh, I I was the third of three. My sister's ten years older. My brother's five years older, and my parents were pretty much at war from the time I was born. I think I might have been some sort of a makeup sex baby or, or something because <laughs> all I remember last chance <laughs> <laughs> all I remember is them screaming at each other my whole life and uh. um they were kind of checked out of parenting at that point because you know they they'd raised a couple kids so I was pretty much left to my own and and my parents my mom never came to anything until uh I think senior night at basketball last home game of the year so you know the moms come and they get flowers and all that stuff. So. <clears throat> but uh, my dad, my dad, you know, he came to some stuff, a few things or whatever, and he coached my brother in baseball and stuff. But by the time I came along, you know, we were talking about earlier how the parents are expected to hang out during these practices and all this stuff. By that time, parents, I mean, most of the parents, it was an opportunity to drop your kid off for a few hours and go do you know for my dad it was drink Oli Tall's in, in his in his Ford LTD but nice. for other parents you know it was like a break or whatever so mm-hmm. 
sweet um, relief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah from, right. from having some quiet little kid around all the time who needed to be fed a snack every hour or he'll die. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but here's the thing. If I was going to throw out the first pitch at the Mariners game and I called and told my dad, he knows what that is. He'd be like, oh, that's fantastic. I'm going to be there. But I, So I think some of it is Susie, you know, she's she doesn't understand – sports or you know yeah that, that kind of thing yeah. it's a huge deal for people to, to throw out a first pitch at a major league baseball game there's only so many of them and you're joining a group of people that's actually done it yeah that's amazing and then right. you ruin it by checking the runners <laughs> <laughs> were you there mike <laughs> no i wasn't I, I think i had to work that night i was not uh, at, in attendance i was, I was still in seattle but not at the game were you on the pierogi station <laughs> yeah, yeah i couldn't get away from the pierogi stand <laughs> probably not too far off. I was probably working some event selling pizza. Wow. <laughs> In a slice suit or something. <laughs> dancing around. Right. Yeah. I think it's a good point that maybe Susie doesn't understand the significance of this. But I also think it's worth knowing or thinking about that working at the Costco where, I, I mean, Luke kind of giggles about it, you know, at the Costco serving the pierogies is where she is. But... I would think that being a mom and having those seven kids for all those years, it's really hard to maintain your own identity. And as kind of silly as it may be, working at the Costco was a thing that Susie was doing for Susie, where she could Mm -hmm. have an identity that wasn't mom, you know, go and be among adults, hopefully, and, and do a thing that is not in service of her family. I mean, I guess the money. I bet she was good at it, too. I mean, she she probably sold the hell out of those pierogies. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I was, as you were saying that, Anne, I was just thinking about how there is a certain performance aspect to being mm-hmm. the sample person because a small crowd will farm. And if, I don't know how they incentivize this at Costco, but, I mean, if if you're good at explaining what it is in a way where you're kind of rotating information and getting old people out, new people in, hopefully people picking up a box or a carton of the thing on their way out. Like that's a skill, you know? I mean, there are people who are great at it and there are people who are just like, meh. But what makes it fun when you're having to stand there and wait is like if they can get you more interested in the product by Mm -hmm. telling a little story about it. And they never go overboard or anything. But like if she got to finally do something that's like, hey, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm making money here and I'm making money for the for the company and I'm good at this and I can do my little rap and make up my little thing about the pierogies like that's that's kind of cool and she might have not wanted to miss out on that for the day you know she and like part of it too as we heard in the in the early iteration of the story was she was trying to impress the managers to get more hours Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah I totally I totally get that I don't think anyone could move more mini corn dogs than Susie Burbank (laughs) word people just picking up boxes left and right because yeah it's so delicious after her speech they're they're like they don't even need mustard they're she so might good. have a little song about it where do we think that luke gets it from if not right from Susie? yeah i mean she's yeah. very creative Hi. you know lucas magookles for sale and you know <laughs> hello <laughs> i say i say what's up dog all that stuff <laughs> You know, it's awesome. Can we talk a little Costco at this yeah, point? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right. I'm, I am a Ugh. member, as I mentioned, with my fat picture on the back. Uh-huh. 
and I, I get I get asked a lot in there. Is this is this you? Is this really you? Really? <laughs> I said, yeah, this is the this is the the outside nesting doll of me. <laughs> um, Dear. So, I remember, and and I love Costco, but uh, I have a very regimented relationship with Costco. Mm-hmm. I own I only buy non perishables. Okay. There, I mean, mm-hmm. f- when I used to, you know, when I used to work events back in the day, I used to buy a lot of stuff for my job. But now, I only buy non perishables, and I go on a Monday or Tuesday morning okay. at like ten o'clock. Park mm-hmm. very close. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't participate on the rare occasions when I am in there, when they're doing samples, which are not Monday and Tuesday morning, but when I get stuck there at times when there's more samples, I don't want any part of that stuff. Mm, me neither. I, in fact, I resent them being in the aisles because hmm. they delay my shopping experience. Right. I'm not there to eat. You right. know, I don't need a snack every time I come around the corner. <laughs> I have, you know, I've just had, I just played soccer. I had four snacks. <laughs> <laughs> you trim and slim now you don't need those snacks <laughs> yeah right and yeah here's a, here's the thing if i if i was hungry while well, avail myself of some of this massive amount of food that you have here and take it home and eat it <laughs> jesus or stop and get a hot dog pizza on your way out i have i have partaken in the hot dog I've never, okay. I don't think I've ever gotten the pizza, but, but, yeah. uh, but occasionally if I don't have very many items or I will pull over and, and get myself a hot dog there. Oh, and I buy TVs there too. Oh, word. Yeah. I think our and TV came from there too, I think. It's totally, totally, I mean, I think Luke, he's turning up his nose, but I don't think he really understands how much you do actually save mm. mm-hmm. on stuff there. I mean, yeah. Phyllis, you you're not a, you're not a fan of going, but you're a fan no. of the concept. Yeah, because so um few years back, we had like a one-two punch financially at one point where um Josh's uh previous employer was trying to survive and they um they cut everybody's pay. It was eventually restored when the company was acquired, like with back pay and everything. But for a while, we just didn't have as much coming in. It was a big cut, uh, 20%. And the daycare bill went up by about that same amount. (laughs) So it was a huge hit um, when Gus was a toddler. And it's like, wow, we got to change some things up. So we completely stopped drinking, completely stopped going out. those were temporary. We drink and go out now. Um, and um, and Josh was like, I'm going to start going to Costco. And so he started going. Um, he goes twice a month. Um, to It just is easier for the planning for him to not have to do a huge thing all at once every month or two. So he just kind of integrates it into his shopping and he fills up there, um, the gas tank. Mm-hmm. And um, it really worked. It was amazing. I mean, he's a good shopper and planner that way but I think I only went like twice I was like I'm out man I can't because also Gus was really little and it was hard to bring him and um and we actually we're on um a kind of family friends um membership and so it it actually had to be a decision who was going to get the card me or him Mm -hmm. and we just decided early on why don't you get it because you know 
I, I was like, I'll stay home with Gus if need be. And I, to this day, I'm so grateful <laughs> that we decided it that way instead of the other way around. Cause it's just not my bag, man. You know, cause we have to go when all the other suckers go on Sunday mm-hmm. and yep. it just blows. It's so horrible. Like, and you know, Josh has the patience and the mentality for it. And he likes to keep his eye out for like, ooh, are there any, you know, like if there's some sort of big thing that we need, like when we, when our old TV was crapping out, he liked to keep his eye open for like, what's the deal with TVs here, you know? So he's, he's good. He's a good Costco shopper. And um, as we have restricted our diets and needed less of this and more of that, he's been really good. Um, figuring that out with the whole Costco deal. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that he's willing to go and, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad for it, but like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I really don't. I just had an idea. Mike has an idea. Uh-huh. Okay. Here we go. Costco, uh-huh. it's, a, it's a spinoff of Costco. Okay. And there are more locations or like three or four times the locations of Costco and they're located all over town. Okay. You know, hopefully, hopefully near near parks and and neighborhoods where kids are doing organized activity and they're just just the items from the Costco that are relevant to the neighborhood interest uh and just call it snack S N A K That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so it kind of sounds like a, an IKEA type situation or whatever right. but it's it's just it's just Costco snacks and and drinks and whatever whatever you're gonna need for right. for those kids so they don't die during an hour <laughs> yeah a snackless hour yeah right exactly and then also if they could bust out because i gotta say those pe- those pizzas are good at parties like every now and then you'll be at a party oh this pizza's pretty good where'd you get it mm-hmm. costco what yeah. Yeah. like you know they could have a little little pizza truck that'd be pretty good but yeah like that's that's the only like if I or if I could set it up like how I were doing it, if I were could do it like how you're doing it, where it's like nobody's there. Yeah. And you go boop, boop. Mm-hmm. And you know the store so well by then that you know exactly where to go and what to get. Like, I respect that. I think that's kind of cool. Um, it's one of the benefits of, of working nights is you yeah. can because I hate shopping. Right. So if I work nights, I, I'm never facing a a bad shopping situation unless Emily drags me somewhere in the weekend or something. Right. And then during the week on those weekday mornings, you're saying they don't do the sample thing. No, there's not enough yeah, people there no. to justify it. You know, yeah, that works. if you, if you wait till around lunchtime, then they, they fire up some of that stuff and, oh, and I then, see. you know, people circle around it and then you have to try to find your way around them. And, and I get pretty resentful. A lot of right. bad behavior at Costco. Have we talked you into it, Anne? <laughs> thought about Costco a lot. I mean, obviously I am one person, so I don't know. You'd have to be on my plan. I I have been thinking it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing because I bake so much to buy my Mm -hmm. baking supplies in Costco bulk. But the problem is I don't have anywhere to put a five pound bag of flour. I don't have a big pantry (sighs) in my house. What, what would I do with it all is the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned a while ago that um, that Mormons are really good at this because there's something that has to do with their belief system where they have to have a certain amount of food um, in their pantry at all times. 
and I saw this like five gallon like it's basically like a Rubbermaid or Tupperware type of actually it has to be way more than five gallons it's a huge drum full of flour and it was like Hmm. stackable and it seemed like the kind of thing where if you got the right shapes of things you could you could have a really compact little like um apocalypse pantry in even a small space so maybe you need to get your mormon homies to get you hip to that maybe i do (laughs) yeah hmm yeah like there might be like a mormon like pantry pinterest board that would give you some ideas and then <laughs> then you could make full use of your your costco membership as a but baker. don't don't go into mormon reddit i've made that mistake before don't don't go into there stick with pinterest yeah yeah oh dear let's see i just googled pinterest mormon pantry and the first thing that's that comes up is 17 best images about my mormon closet oh Something about food storage. Food I think there storage. are a lot of Mormons in the closet. There oh, are a lot. <laughs> Stop. Sorry, Macaulay. <laughs> Stop. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of cool because when I saw it, I was like, oh, you know what? If, if it came to it, they wouldn't have to go anywhere. They have all their stuff right here. And these are, these were um, friends I had who weren't like practicing anymore, but they still had some of the cultural things about being Mormon and they had this giant ass I mean huge huge thing of flour they hmm. probably only have to buy flour like once every year or something I guess Can I have a huge container of chocolate chips that's <laughs> what I want yeah totally I'm gonna have a gallon bucket of yeah, chocolate chips you can do that and just smash your face in there when you're in your feelings yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that see now you're talking all right, I'm getting on board with this plan. Cool. <laughs> All right, you guys, anything else on this on these clips? Well, I have to say that when I think about the um, the samples and people like Susie selling them and things like that, I'm like, you know what? That is building the next generation of Costco customer because that's, that's what true. Gus loves about going there. He loves the samples, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know that that was a deliberate thing on their part or not. But he will not only tolerate, but look forward to going to Costco with Josh because of the samples. He's and part of the snack generation. Is exactly. this generation snack? This yes. the one after a millennial. <laughs> yes, and the hydration the, generation know, and the and or the snack generation. Either and generation way. pizza and generation hot dog. Like he loves the whole thing that they have to offer there. So, mm-hmm. um, I might go soon because. I have, I I usually forget, but I've thought about, I should try to get my next pair of glasses there. So I think I'm mm-hmm. going to try to do that. So that's a, that's a pretty stealth time. mission. You can avoid most yeah. of the Yeah, because it's right parts. there by the front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll try that. So yeah. Yeah. But I credit to all Burbanks for, um, you know, letting Luke put, put their um, wacky text exchange out there because it's very very funny and it's very sweet and I know that it's all love and I think it's great that that they're they're so funny with each other. Yeah, I don't think I've ever sent a text to my dad and old my brother. It only happens in Las Vegas and that's like I have to find out where he's passed out. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drop a selfie of your current assed out situation. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Well, Anne, you want to uh, keep some house? I will keep some house. It is the beginning of the month, the beginning of May, right? We are in May. And so it's time to announce the winner of the April drawing for our Wagons Full of Loot contests. Our regular listeners will remember this contest um, is that for every day you uh, archive an episode of TBTL, you get entered into a drawing to win a fabulous wagon full of loot from one of your LRB hosts. And I want to announce the winner. Christy told us who it was, and it is our friend Sarah Settlemeyer. Congratulations, Sarah. Yeah. Sarah has archived, according to Christy, 27 weeks of TBTL, which comes in second to yours truly, who just finished her 33rd week. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) It's well over a year of TBTL archived between you two. That's awesome. Let let me break this down for people that might want to enter the contest. Now is the time because Anne can't win. Nope. And Sarah already won. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, every every day is more valuable now as far yeah. as uh, raffle entry because the 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 whales in this ocean have been taken out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I say th- I say it's now is the time to strike. Yeah, get in there. It's it gets hard to do the archiving when I do so much work on this show, but I've been trying to pick it up again lately, and I just got assigned my new week. And you want to know what week it is? What? It's the special Frizzell week. Oh, wow. So I get to archive Mike's interviews with Luke about his wow. jail experience. Oh, my goodness. That's I'm so sorry cool. you have to listen to more of my voice. I know. So this is like the sixth or seventh time I will have heard it. So I can just fly. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You could just fast forward. You could probably talk along with it at certain points, right? <laughs> But it's really, it's really funny um, what some of the fun things that you come across. Like uh, Phyllis was mentioning the um, Susie's sayings, and I, I just came across the original, I say, I say, what's up, dog? <laughs> that's so great. And it was hilarious. So oh, I really awesome. encourage everybody, if you ever thought about it, it's not too late. Come on in and archive some shows and relive the past and maybe win a sweet prize. Oh, also, oh, someone cool. else who has been taken out of the pool who who has archived a lot is me. I archived a day, but I can't. I'm not eligible to win either. <laughs> you chump! <laughs> I don't think you submitted the day. So I, I think I did. I don't know. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> it's I'll, the thought I'll that counts. I'll search the archive and see. <laughs> it is literally the thought that doesn't count. My <laughs> <laughs> counts for zero in this, this. interview is over. well thank you to everybody who has worked so hard putting this archive together I use it all the time and I think it's great and it's a wonderful thing that everybody's doing Mm -hmm. Uh, and speaking of somebody who has done some archiving and who in fact was a winner of a wagon full of loot we are going to have a guest host coming up on next Monday's recap because Bobby is busy and Meredith is um, hosting some tiny fence concerts in Denver (laughs) and so Mike and I are going to be joined by Naomi Hilliard as the third Mike and so we're really excited we're hoping we can get her to open her wagon full of loot on the air and um, 
I hear it's very special. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> There's no way it's not, considering who it came from. <laughs> right. Exactly. Involved with the show, go to our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can check us out on Facebook, on the Stens page, or on our page. We have a lot of fun over there. Show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Uh, email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. The voicemail line, 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. And you want to get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. Let me see. Um, say something funny. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to um, see if it if it clips when I laugh. So <laughs> say something funny. Oh boy, Anne. Don't. I'm not the funny <laughs> one. That's already funny. <laughs> I'm gonna turn down. Okay. All right. I think I got it now. <laughs> okay.